With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello, you crazy fight fans. Nice to see you again. Just shy of 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. As we welcome you to the live UFC 255 post-fight show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the Prince of Positivity, Alexander K. Lee. How are you, sir? Ready. <laughs> Let's get the show on the road. Let's go. I'm great. Wow. The excitement is just off the charts right now. And there's Casey Lydon joining us on the other side. I think there's a dog walking behind you. Yeah. I think I think I think AK scared him out of the room with his excitement. Woo! 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 Oh I love God. it. It's so late right now. People are gonna laugh at anything I do. So this is like my, my the best kind of time to be on, I say. <gasps> There we go. Well, the music is just sounds so darn good right now. We're all at ease. We're all just feeling peaceful right now. But AK, we have not heard from you tonight. Uh, we just had what seemed like to be a five-hour post-fight press conference stream that has come to an end. But now you're joining us. So we have two two championship fights. Both champions retained. They were massive favorites. Obviously, Valentina Shevchenko was one of the biggest favorites in UFC title fight history. The Lions got up to minus 2,500 on some websites heading in before Jennifer Maya made the walk to the octagon. So both champions retained interesting main car. That seemed like the pacing was atrocious, but we're not going to talk about that. Prelims are fun. Your overall thoughts on tonight's card. I thought, I thought it was a really good show. Uh, maybe I'm having this take because I think we were all kind of of the opinion that this card was being overlooked a little bit. So maybe I'm, I'm just going out of my way to defend it, but I did think it was, it was a really good show. Um, we had some, we had some good finishes, some good performances, um, some, and some really competitive decisions. Uh, I, I'm not saying all those fights that went the distance were necessarily the most exciting fights, but uh, as I sort of noted on, on Twitter earlier in the evening, this is what happens when you have good, sensible, competitive matchmaking. Sometimes you're going to have fights that are a little bit of a stalemate, 
um, that that don't necessarily showcase each fighter's strengths. But I thought we had at least two or three really good competitive back and forth fights. Again, plus uh, plus some some really good finishes. So yeah, I can't complain. I thought I thought it was a really good show. I thought it lived up to uh, expectations, at least the expectations we had. And and uh, as far as sleepers go, I thought it was one of the one of, actually one of the better cards of the year. So I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm 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 uh, I'm against the you know the general popular opinion on this one, but I thought it lived up to positive expectations. This is a card for me that let, let me just be honest. I en- I enjoyed the card. I thought it was good. I was entertained. Uh, there was competitive matchmaking. The main card pacing was awful. It was just Horrible. so bad. Like I felt like. It was three hours in, and we were like four fights down. We still had the main event to go. Luckily, Figueredo went out there and did the damn thing and finished it quickly, but it just felt like, my God, it just took forever. So that was like my biggest complaint. And then, but in, there's there's a part of me that felt kind of bad because I pushed this card like it was UFC 199, <laughs> like it was UFC 206. Like I really put it on a pedestal. And there's a part of me that feels bad about it because I don't think we didn't get that. After the first fight, I'm like, oh, man, like I'm feeling pretty darn good right now. Like we get f- first fight of UFC 199 uh, between Paul Reyes and uh, and Dong Hyun, uh, Master Dong Hyun Kim was ridiculous. And so was Louis Kose versus Sasha Platnikov, which ended up being the fight of the night. So I was like, all right, we're off to a good start. And we got some good knockouts. The prelims are awesome. And I think just the pacing killed it for me tonight. Honestly. Yeah. I think that's yeah, what really it was, hurt. It was brutal. It, it, I, I'm pretty sure the five-fight pay-per-view main card lasted either as long or longer than the seven-fight main card uh, prelim card with the way it was paced. And and that, should, or but at the very least, it felt longer. Like it felt a lot longer. I, I don't know if it was longer or if it was around the same length, but it felt a lot longer. And that's not how the the main portion of your show should be, right? People should be kind of like, people should leave your the main portion of your show wanting more. You know, not uh, not like, oh, my gosh, is this over yet? Because I, I, I seriously, by the end of um, in the middle of Shevchenko Maya, not because it was a bad fight, but just because, like you said, the pacing, the card, I had almost completely forgotten there was another flyweight title fight coming up. And I was really looking forward to, to Figueredo Perez. It's just my mind had gone to this place where we have a championship fight. It's going the distance. Uh, my, I was already starting to kind of leave, mentally leave, <laughs> leave the viewing of the card. And then I remember there was another fight, which, which thankfully, uh, for, and fortunately for Davidson Figueredo, ended, ended quickly. So, and it was very exciting. But yeah, look, we, we, we also mentioned, I think, in the lead up, we would have all shuffled the card differently. Uh, I hate to take Chukagin Calvillo off. I, I don't know if I would have because I do feel like fights that are potentially number one contenders fights do need to be on pay-per-view and do need to be showcased as such. So not so much of a beef for that one. But the, the Tim Means-Mike Perry fight, once Robbie Lawler fell out for me, you bump that to the quote-unquote featured prelim, and you move up either uh, Brandon Moreno, Brandon Royval, which is also theoretically a number one contenders fight, or the man of the hour, Joaquin Buckley, put him on put him on pay-per-view. But maybe he was better served on free TV, so I don't have a problem with that. I would have put the Moreno, Royval. So a little tweak that really could have changed the pacing, it could have changed the feel of the main card, but uh, you know, what can you do? What can you do, you know? Um, you know what? I, I promise this, and I don't want to break break any promises here. So let's just go right to the peeps. This is your show, all right? It's three a.m. officially Eastern Standard Time, and I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm not saying this is a let's rush through this. I'm not saying that at all. But we want to hear from you. You guys have been up for a while. You guys survived like fourteen hours of fights plus a fourteen hour post fight press conference stream. Let's hear from you guys. You guys, heroes. Let's. You guys are heroes. Before we go yes. to the the, the comments. Because I can't get a straight answer on this. Did Figueredo get robbed of $50,000 tonight? Absolutely. 
Yeah, okay, absolutely. I just want to double check on that. I'll just I because actually when you when you told me the performance <laughs> performance bonuses, I actually didn't listen to you because I just assumed it was Figueredo in it, and then I looked mm. online. I was like, what? <laughs> so I was I was double checking. I just didn't misread that. Okay, that was. I don't think I've ever seen a champion win a fight that quickly, like under under two minutes, and not receive a performance bonus. I'm sure I'm sure I'm wrong on that. I'm sure a lot of examples will come up in the comments, but. Generally, when you have when the fight is exciting, which it was for those two minutes, mm. and you get a quick finish, you winner get a performance bonus. And and of course, we think Buckley should have got the other one. So no disrespect to Antonis Shevchenko, but yes, when I saw that the uh, the bonus were announced, I honestly couldn't remember how the Shevchenko fight ended. The Antonina Shevchenko fight. That's how how much I think Figueroa was robbed. I, it was. I remember it being a really good performance. I just don't remember the finish being particularly like, oh, that's a that's a bonus winning finish right there so yeah figueredo was absolutely robbed congrats to Antonio shevchenko for getting the bonus but i really hope they they do uh they do right by their flyweight champion their men's flyweight champion yeah yeah Odd. i mean yeah yeah you got big <laughs> yeah. fat hose job okay big just fat hose job just just double checking on double checking on that all right, right. Well, let's go to the peeves two and stills two and, and stills uh, as expected potentially and it looks like Figueroa's next title defense is set for December 12th as well, which is crazy. Uh, oh. I knew this was coming. I knew Good. this was coming. I want to stay positive, but she, she asked, and she's a longtime commenter. Yeah, Sandy Fam, you are, you are awesome. Thank you for staying awake with us. And uh, we wanted to start this on a positive note, but uh, <laughs> apparently we're not going to do that because uh, Twitter – just all over Rogan tonight. Joe Rogan makes his return to the pay-per-view broadcast and teamed up with John Anik and Daniel Cormier. And John Anik was there tonight. Of, uh, I didn't even know, I didn't yeah. even hear John Anik's voice tonight. Honestly, <laughs> oh. like, I I know Anik pretty well. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm never like he'll I'll, he'll, he'll probably never answer this truthfully to me. <laughs> he seemed a little frustrated tonight. Seemed a little frustrated at certain points trying to get in there. But uh, AK. Thoughts on Joe Rogan's performance. Thoughts on Joe Rogan being back on the, with the broadcast team tonight. Uh, thoughts on Rogan being back. Thank you for the question, Sandy Fam. I'll start positively. Uh, good for him for being there, for, for being in the building and speaking <laughs> on the broadcast. Okay, so, you know, basic function of his job. Congratulations for him on the recent Spotify deal. I guess it's not recent anymore, but for being a very, very rich man and not even, not even needing to do these pay-per-views anymore one might say not even needing to properly prepare for these shows anymore <laughs> which i think was somewhat evident tonight uh he he was atrocious uh on the on commentary today and unfortunately he brought daniel cormier down with him daniel cormier super nice guy uh a really obviously brilliant analyst when he's paired up with the right people uh and especially in, i think in a two-man situation i think it's when most of these fighters work their best uh but boy, he, he's so chummy with Rogan and almost got too comfortable. And there was just moments of just dumb jokes, uh, laughter, just nonstop. It was like you're, you know, when you're watching the NFL uh, halftime show and like someone says one thing and they're just laughing for like two minutes. And it's great. I know some people like that style of commentary. I know it creates, a, like I said, it creates a very familiar, like friendly, oh, we're having a good time atmosphere. But, you know, like we said earlier, there was a lot of really good competitive fights on this card. That really, I would have wanted to have that great, like, really in-depth analysis from a from a guy like Daniel Cormier, from a Dan Hardy, from a Michael Bisping, you know. And I, we didn't get a lot of that tonight. And Rogan is such an overwhelming personality at times that it does feel like uh, he, he might he might have screwed up Cormier's perception of things. Because Rogan, I mean, even before he became just a part-time, uh, you know, commentator only doing pay-per-views, 
even before that, he always kind of had a habit of maybe seeing the wrong things in fights, maybe selling the wrong narratives. And he had Cormier biting on a lot of those tonight. So, uh, so unfortunately for Cormier, I do, I do think his performance also dragged a bit. But uh, Rogan, boy, he didn't understand some of the scoring. He was literally asking how, to, how, how does some of the scoring work in some of the fights, which, again, maybe people find that funny. But I just thought it was distracting and boring. <laughs> Um, there was a lot of uh, classic Roganisms, you know, oh, a lot of, oh, 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 a lot of that. So <laughs> I know people like it, you know, him and Goldie, they used to bring the excitement. They're, they're a part of the reason a lot of people got out of the sport, but I just feel like we've moved past that kind of commentary now and I feel like we can do better. So, uh, Rogan either really needs to step up his game or step aside because he's just not bringing a lot, uh, to the broadcast in terms of analysis, in terms of entertainment. Um, if people like a shtick, great. Guess what? He has a whole show you can listen to. It's what, like three hour, three hour podcast. But uh, I'm really. I, I, I saw the commercial. Program. I saw the commercial. I'm aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> so people are definitely aware There's, of it tonight. There was uh, a commercial for it during the some, broadcast. Some people's tweets, I think, some people's tweets, I think, were sponsored by that spot, that new Spotify show. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I think I'm a little bit, done, I'm a little bit done with Rogan. Uh, just a really poor job tonight, I felt. And uh, we we have so many other options now. There's just no reason <laughs> to keep. If he doesn't want to be around and doesn't want to do shows and only wants to do peer reviews, I think we should give the opportunity to someone else at this point. I think he wants to be around though. Like he said it many times, like he wants to be there. Like he's got the best seat in the house. The problem with Rogan is, yeah, he was, he was, he was pretty bad tonight. I want to see just, just for experimentation's sake, him and Anik, just the two of them and see how it would go. Sure. Cause I feel like, I feel like it's it's just a, it's just a one-upsmanship battle. Like Rogan's, you know, trying to get his thoughts in, and you know, especially when Dominic Cruz is there, Cruz will just call him right out. Like, like, what the hell are you talking about? And then, you know, they'll go back and forth, and they'll have this like little rivalry the entire time. This one was like, who had the better jokes? Who had the better dad jokes? Who could crack up Anik? And I can, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, I, I Anik was probably like super duper frustrated. Super duper. Yeah, every, time, every, every time I would hear Anik, I'm like, oh yeah, Anik's there. I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, I recognize that voice. Who, when did he show up? Did he show? Did he, I think I think of Rogan like he just he he wants to be everything. He wants to be the play by play. He wants to be the, the color analyst. He wants to be the jokester. He just wants to comment on like, how everyone's tired. Um, it's like it was just. Uh, I I felt I actually felt bad for uh, Caitlin when the first question was after a big victory after you know suffering a horrible defeat against Andrade was like like you get lots of crazy th- like Mark Henry says a lot of things to you how do you remember all the remember all those I'm like <laughs> what she's like uh I don't know I, I study he's like well, what does Pino mean I was like that, that's our codes I'm like it was just like it was just, it was just like okay uh, cool win pepperoni pizza <laughs> just. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god, he he. Okay, this when I first started watching UFCs, I thought Rogan was great because he was great for new fans. He introduced fans to like, oh, what what are they doing? Why, why are they just holding each other against the cage? And it was, it's like, oh, okay. He he kind of he educated the fans on the parts that people may think are boring. They're not actually boring. They're strategic. They're 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 grinding. This is strategy. But now I feel like we're past that. I think, like you said, we've kind of grown out of the Rogan years, and it just feels like I was listening to. I was feels like I feels like I was listening to his podcast. Like it was one of those. What do you call it when people just watch fights and they just 
I don't know. A fight companion. If I, if I, it felt like a fight companion. And that, and like, and DC kind of kept falling into that. I was like, dude, this isn't a podcast. We're actually, this is a, this is a sports broadcast. And please do your jobs. So, uh, yeah, thoughts on Rogan being back. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for the questions. <laughs> if anyone, uh, if anyone is wondering, like, oh, what are we going to talk about, Joe Rogan Stoker? Just watch that main event again, and watch how many times he didn't call. There, he got so uh, infatuated with the narrative of Maya uh, being a good challenger, which she was, by the way. Uh, she did a good, you know, she won the second round, and she was competitive throughout. But after the second round, he was he almost ignored everything that Valentina Shevchenko was doing. Maybe again, I know it's it's boring to talk about dominance. You know, I, I, we want to move on and find a new narrative. But there was moments where she was just landing combinations, and Maya would land like one punch. It's like, oh, big punch by Maya, and then just nothing, no mention of what Shevchenko did. So, so we're not just picking on like funny little things here and there. There's like broad, obvious things that a, that a commentator is supposed to do that he totally missed. So, yeah, uh, very rough, rough night for Joe. Yeah, it's just you know. Yeah, 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 meh, meh. yeah, yeah. It is what it is. It, it really starts. It really starts messing up my scoring. Like I, 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 yeah. I think I think that it was that the um, Dolby um, Dolby Rodriguez fight, which I actually scored for Dolby, but like, and I get if you score you had it for Rodriguez, but they were like just like flipping over tables like what what like they, they just get like even dc like they get into this narrative and this guy has to win i guess yeah, and stuck like on it. it gets stuck on it and it was like i was like i thought i was crazy I was like well i thought dobby won that fight <clears throat> or at least i thought it was close but yeah we're this close to crowning an nba champ and with the action heating up on the court it's even hotter at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. 
Do more with Viator. Our friend uh, Tristan yeah. Gordad. No more Rogan talk, at least for the time oh, being. Yeah. Uh, do you think Valentina was rough? <laughs> Do you think Valentina was rusty? She did have a long layoff since having surgery on her MCL and did and did say she was happy. It went five rounds to confirm to herself that she was 100% healthy. Uh, Casey, do you think she was rusty tonight? No, not at all. I think Valentina is a professional and she was ready. And I just think that was fans not giving uh, Jennifer Meyer her due respect. That's all that was. I didn't think she was rusty. I thought she yeah. looked great tonight. I thought I, th- I, th- I thought Valentina she, actually looked one looked looked great tonight. I thought she really looked good. She she dominated that fight. She lost the second round. Like Jennifer Maya, like held her up against the fence and has a lot of strength. Yeah. Got her down. Was on top of her. Took no damage but though. After that, yeah, yeah. After that, I mean, Valentina Valentina pieced her up for like. Yeah almost that entire fight she went to the body so much i think annick at one point in the fifth round said like she landed 93 percent of her shots to the body over like 65 strikes that's insane that is insane and when she hit maya it was i mean it was nasty you could hear it it was just it was rough jennifer maya god bless her valiant effort very very well done she went in there and did better than i think any of us thought she was going to do anybody really so she walks out with her head held high her stock rises even in defeat but i don't think valentina look rusty at all what do you think ak uh i'll 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 acknowledge uh, tristan's viewpoint on this one a little bit because i'll say um as far as we know this is maybe the first uh surgery she's had i don't, I don't know if she said that post fight she did mention she did talk about the injury uh and the post fight injury with rogan quite a bit i do wonder if she's the first knee uh knee injury she's ever had to address with surgery and i think even just from a mental standpoint that's that is going to affect you and it may be one of the reasons why she went with her, you know, her grappling and wrestling more uh, than with her than with her, you know, just a pure striking attack because she did initiate a lot of the grappling mm-hmm. uh, against Maya, who is a striker, but a striker who also has a uh, good uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. So I, I do think she would have struck more uh, if she was feeling a little more comfortable. But um, again, she's so well-rounded, it's hard to tell whether it is because she was compensating for some sort of injury or rust or just because, again, she's just so skilled. And that's that's the avenue she saw for victory, which she was correct. She out she out grappled, got enough better positions, held position, top position, uh, and and won the fight that way. But I, I will say, I wouldn't be surprised if um, there were little things that might have escaped our eye, might have escaped things we'd noticed uh, that maybe her coaches saw. And again, maybe if you asked her, she would she would be able to say, "Oh, I was a little off here. My time was a little off here." I, I do think uh, an injury like that there has to be, and and t- a little bit of time off, almost what, uh, eight months, something like that, eight months, nine months. I will say. I do think uh, th- that there, there there were things there. I, I, I can't pinpoint exactly what, but I think, Tristan, if you're saying you think that there's moments that where she was off, yeah, probably. L- little moments, but um, nothing, yeah, nothing that I think severely affected her performance. Obviously, she looked, she looked very, very sharp tonight. Yeah, I don't think she was rusty. I think maybe she adjusted her game plan. I think that's, I think that's more, maybe more accurate. I also think that the expectations for Valentina are just skyrocketed. They're through the mm-hmm. roof, like between the head kick knockout of Jessica, I, um, it, you know, the Chikagian finish, all that stuff. Like you just expect her to go out there and just smash people in all these different fun ways. You expect her to just knock somebody stiff and then do a, a crazy dance in the middle of the cage over somebody's lifeless body. Like that's what we expected to see in that fight. I think, I think all of us picked that fight to get finished somewhere within the first three rounds. And we didn't get that. I picked decision. 
course you did. <laughs> oh, who won our picks I tonight, suck. by the way? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I saw, I saw it. Um, actually, uh, uh, our former, former, he, former he colleague, name. former no, colleague. We don't need to talk about him. A former <laughs> colleague won. Um, wow. Oh, you know. Oh, wow. You know, who came in last place. <laughs> Probably me. Yeah, it's gotta be me. Yeah. <laughs> I suck. I, I sucked on the prelims. Yeah, yeah, you, had, oh, you, had, you, had, you had a rough start. Week. You had a rough start. You had a rough start. I had a rough sure. one last week. I got eight out of twelve. That's not terrible. That's like normal. I think it's like average. Hey, but I, I, um, I was. You had me beat before the main card started. No, I will say. I mean, I know a lot of people. Like a lot of people were. Um, they were impressed by Maya's performance and stuff. Honestly, I wasn't. This is the Maya I thought would show up. I thought Maya was a really good fighter, not a great fighter. Valentina is a great fighter. And this was a good fighter losing to a great fighter tonight. And that, and I've seen her. I'm, I've, I've seen Maya fight probably five or six times in Invicta. I've seen all her UFC fights. I've always expected big things from her. I never expected her to, to defeat Shevchenko because I just never. I don't. I just don't see how she does it. But I knew she was tough. I knew it would be you know quote unquote a fight, and it was. And um, so um, I kind of. Nothing surprised me actually. Valentina. I was I was very impressed with Valentina honestly. So um, her chin held up. Her chin definitely held up because she took some big mm-hmm. shots in that fight. Yep, and, and hung in there the whole time. So, congratulations to Valentina Shevchenko, still the champion. Looks like Jessica Andrade could be next. Okay, maybe so. Andrade versus Murphy. We'll see. Austin Jones, how many wins does Figueroa need to draw Triple C to come out of retirement? AK, I saw you rub your hands together, <laughs> so I'll let you start here. Man, I thought they were almost like needling, like they were trying to bait Henry Cejudo tonight because the promos and the commentary was, you know, the whole, uh, and someone asked about this after, I think, was was uh, Davis and Figueroa, the man who saved the flyweight division, you know. And I, I, while I think, you know, Henry Cejudo, uh, when he sort of used to sell himself like that, I thought obviously it's a bit of an exaggeration. Um, but that's weird. That was kind of his whole gimmick for like a, for like a, a year there that uh, he was the guy who saved the uh, flyweight division. And I don't even – I think they barely mentioned his name tonight. Um, I don't know if that's part of, you know, the usual UFC erasure of, uh, of fighters who are no longer with the promotion or who are retired. But it was very strange. And if I, I, I'm amazed Cejudo didn't, I, I think he tweeted a little bit after, but didn't go on a John Jones-esque, you know, uh, <laughs> social, sociopathic rant afterwards, uh, quote tweeting people and going like, ah, oh, this is what I did. And this is why I'm so great. And this is why, the, you know, I'm the real one who saved the flyweight division. Uh, I didn't see any of that, surprisingly. So, uh, sorry, so the question was, how many fights does Figueredo have to win? What does he need to really, do? No, Really none. Look, Henry Cejudo, it, this is a, it's the same reason Henry Cejudo really retired in the first place. Is if you gave him enough money, yeah, exactly. You, you, Casey, I don't even need to say anything. You, you, your gesture says it all. You give him enough money, he wouldn't have even retired in the first place. You give him enough money for a Figueredo fight, he'll cut however many pounds he needs to cut. They were saying, <laughs> I think Cormier and uh, uh, Anik were saying after, he's probably about a buck seventy now. Um, but <laughs> give him a few months and, gi- and give him the proper incentive. Cejudo will get right back down to 125 and he'll happily fight Figueredo. So it really isn't a matter of how many fights. He already he already knows, I think, uh, Cejudo and probably his management. They already know that the, what the UFC is trying to do. They're trying to bump him out of the way. They're trying to go forget the Cejudo era. And he'd be more than happy to come back and fight Figueredo t- like tomorrow if the money was right. Uh, and if he could have a miraculous uh, weight loss, uh, he would do it uh, because all the incentive is there already money 
I think, yeah. I mean, just real quick on that. Oh. I, I honestly, I, I think it would take, I would think it would take Figueroa winning the Bantamweight title too. Hmm. Like, I think you'd have to win the second belt and oh. then the money. So a lot, I'm going to say there's zero <laughs> chance that fight happens, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. I think if, if Cody winds up having the belt, the, the 25 belt or the 35 belt, I think maybe that, that could bring out, so who does just because he's a bigger name and there's be, the trash talk will be easier, which means more money. But uh, yeah, don't expect it. I'll give well, it forget his next fight seems to 20%. be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think figure figure his next fight with Brandon Moreno verbally agreed both sides. December 12th, co-main event of UFC 256. So there you go. That is uh, that is going down. So we'll add to that list then. Uh, Nick Duroff. Uh, why do you think the refs are hesitant to take away points from fighters? So there's there's one thing that hasn't really been discussed, and we haven't touched on it here, and it something that kind of ticks me off watching the fight. And I'm listen, Davis Figueroa is a great fighter, but he he grabbed the fence, yeah, blatantly at least twice, 100%, at twice. least twice when Alex Perez yeah. tried to take him down. He was going down. <laughs> he, he was, was going down. down. I mean, was he it, was it Herb Dean? Was that the ref in the main event? No, Mark Goddard. Mark Goddard. Okay. McCarter actually slapped his hand out of the fence yes. the first time and then Figueroa did it again. I think he did it again. President of getting him down eventually, but you know, who knows? Like if he got him down the first time, like yeah. the position right against the cage, yeah, you know, maybe that would have been different. Definitely affect like it definitely affected the position. Uh, he, he ended up in a much more, I think, advantageous position than if he had, than if the initial takedown had worked. But uh, Casey, let me ask you, uh, we'll start with you. Why do you think refs are hesitant to take away points from fighters? Because the 10-point mess system in MMA sucks. That's why. Um, it, it just does. It's one Taking away a point in a boxing match over 12 rounds, 9 rounds, 10 rounds, is so much is so less consequential than a point for any point, in, especially a three-round fight. Five-round fight is different. Three-round fight, it's, it's kind of, it could be catastrophic. So that's why. The refs, I mean... It's just they don't the refs don't want to be they don't want that much influence on the, the decision. You know, they just that's I mean, that's simply why. And, you know, I, I, you know, you read online. I was like, oh, deduct the point automatically. The point, you know, it's like, but you can't. You just know you can't. We, we've we I, I, yeah, you've seen a million fights where a guy kind of grazes with, with a, a groin shot or grazes with an eye poke. You know what we're gonna you get deduct a point for that. You know, it's like, yeah, there's blatant groin shots. There's half no, like no eye poke, no fence grab, no. No, no, um, yeah, those are, they're not created even, not created equal. So uh, that's why. And yeah, it's just uh, the, the, the rules, the, the way the rules are made right now, it, it, puts, it puts the refs in a very bad position. It's just, it's, it's, it's hard. But I do think they are too hesitant. Um, I, I can't remember. The, there was a fight earlier in the night. Uh, what was the fight earlier in the night? I know there were, was it a couple, a couple, I think there, there were like three nut shots in the, in the first two fights. There was three nut shots. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's becoming such an issue. There's a graphic now. <laughs> you see how to create a new graphic. <laughs> a timer. A timer. Oh, the nut shot timer. So, so uh, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's my answer. Their offense, their offense, there were nut shots in that first fight, but there were fence grabs in that first fight too, right? Didn't Palatnikov mm-hmm. get warned? Like he was at like the final, final, final warning. Yeah, yeah. Listen, if you even if you even sniff the fence, if you even touch it, <laughs> was that the yeah? Was that the one? It was like it was like a dad. It was like you're no. I'm sending you back to your locker room. You know, if you grab that fence one more time, Chris, yeah. Chris Tayo, and then and then yeah. and then Cozy uh, got him real bad in the 
and the nutties again. And I think it was just like, all right, he suffered enough. He suffered <laughs> enough. I thought, oh, yeah. Uh, AK, Alan, Joban, Alan Joban took a nice groin shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I, kind of building on what Casey said is, is, you know, they say the best referees in most sports are the ones that you don't talk about, right? Yeah. You, 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 you do not want to be the story after the fight. And if you take away a point and then it ends up in a draw, uh, or worse, or you, or even uh, leads to a fight or losing a fight, you better believe that your name is going to be right up there with the two participants of the fight. Because we know most fans know the know the uh, referees in MMA very well. Jason Herzog, Herb Dean, of course, Mark Goddard, uh, uh, Chris Dione has maybe the breakout name of the year in officiating. He's been he's been <laughs> officiating for a long time. He's been officiating for a long time, but a lot of people this year became real familiar with Chris Dione's name. Um, so, and, and and you don't want that, you know, you don't want that. You want to be commended for being, you know, doing a good job, like maybe by the end of the year. But but on a nightly basis, if your name keeps popping up, it's just it's just a terrible thing to do. So, I know, and, and I know that's a bad excuse for not doing your job, right? If, if people are saying, well, their job is to enforce the rules, they shouldn't necessarily care about their egos and and whether you know they get called out for for deducting a point. But it's 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 definitely much easier said than done. And again, unless people want to see more draws, which which fans definitely don't like, I still laugh whenever fans like boo a draw. Um, I always find that's a weird thing to do. But I know fans don't want that. You're going to see a lot of draws if if um, if you see these deductions. So yes, I do think they should penalize uh, more frequently. And I think if you penalize more frequently, I'm kind of of that old school mentality. Uh, accidents stop happening when you when you crank up the penalties. That that might be a little uh, kind of a grim, mean thing to say. But I do think. You'd see you'd see guys uh, less eye pokes, definitely less fence grabbing. If uh, if it was immediate point, if you grab the fence, you would definitely see less fence grabbing. I, I, yeah, you get to see it. You still have a few instinctual ones. Guys are going down; they're going to grab on. But for the most part, guys know they can get away with this. So they're going to do it. Same with eye kick. Uh, same with <laughs> same with leg kick, uh, groin kicks, <laughs> and uh, and eye pokes. So I'm for more penalization. But to answer the question, uh, as Casey, I kind of just agree with Casey. You can see the psychology behind not wanting to do it. Real yeah, quick. you don't want to. You don't want to end up in a Dana scrum, just getting no. lambasted. Yeah, <laughs> I I threw this out there and it's on Twitter and it's it's an idea I've been pushing. I really really think there should be half point deductions. You got if it, if it grabs because that that doesn't change the fight, but that is a real warning. A half point deduction because normally it we get half like, points scoring in general there well, should it that, should be that, it should be that's a, another a thing 20 point, yeah it's a 20, it 20 thing. point system not a 10 point system right it's a, but it's I, I, I would love i would love half point deductions for like a going uh accidental groin shots accidental eye pokes mm-hmm. and i think that will that's a stiff penalty but it's a stiff penalty that doesn't affect the fight yet so i like it all right uh football 365 Mo or Mo? Thank you. If <laughs> Cynthia can't beat Jukagian, how can she expect a title shot anytime soon? Is this a question? I don't think she is expecting a title <laughs> yeah, shot anytime okay. soon. Is this a question or a statement? <laughs> I guess it's, it may be rewarded. What does Cynthia Calvillo need to do now to get a title shot? She needs to win I like mean, she, three fights in a row. Yeah. Is that, is that like where. Three fights in a row? Three fights in a row. Does, does, is it like one? If she beats, if say they book her against Lauren Murphy, just say that happened. Is beating dominating Lauren Murphy erase this loss? I guess that's why I'm. No. I guess that's, nope. No, she'll have to win another one. So two. Yeah. Two, two top I five, agree. maybe two, three, three. Yeah. To- oh, I mean, I mean, it depends. Like Jennifer Maya submitted Joanne Calderwood on super short notice and earned a title mm-hmm. shot. 
despite mm-hmm. losing her last couple of fights. So, I mean, I guess anything can happen. I guess, I guess it depends on how she does it. Like, if she goes out there and if she fights Lauren Murphy and starches her and knocks her out in, like, 90 seconds, yeah, yeah, she, she gets up there because she's a fresh face. If, if Shevchenko beats Jessica Andrade, which seems to be the plan right now. So, yeah, that would be something. But I don't know. I, I, there's I, uh, heat between Calvillo and Murphy. I think – Unfortunately, I don't think that they can make that fight now. I think it's it's Andrade Murphy or it's Murphy Chukagian in the rematch. You got a story there. They fought before. Chukagian won on short notice. They're up at 135. They're both completely different fighters right now. Those are the two options for Murphy. And then, you know, Calvillo is in an interesting spot right now. Maybe they just throw her in there with Antonina at this point. I don't want to see that, but maybe that's <laughs> what they do. That was just the first name you thought of because you saw her tonight. But I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. But, but honestly, and by I, the way, let me just say this real quick. Antonia Shevchenko, great performance tonight. Awesome. Really well done. She impressed me a lot. I think she she may have impressed me more than anybody on the card tonight, considering the expectations I had. Only just based on like the expectations I had for her because – I've said many times on on to the next one, like I didn't want to see her in there with like anybody even sniffing the top 15. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to see it. I wanted to see them build her up. I thought Ariane Lipsky was a, was a difficult matchup. Most of us picked the upset. Most people on Twitter picked the upset, but Shevchenko took her to the ground, beat her up. Looked great. She looked outstanding. She Whatever did. improvements she needed to make after the Chukagan fight, she made him and then some. So good on her. I, I'll just go just to go back to the original question for a second. I'll just say, uh, besides the obvious of what we said, she needs to be another contender, and yeah, and do so in impressive fashion. Her her trajectory of her career has always just been kind of weird because she came into the UFC with a ton of hype, even though she was she was three and zero coming to the UFC, but she came in with a lot of hype. Kind of lived up to it for a bit, you know. Uh, good 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 uh, good on the, good in interviews. Um, winning fights, most importantly, and then stumbling against again Carlos Barza. No shame in that. Um, a draw against Marina Rodriguez, and and of course stumbling on the scale, which is probably one of the biggest, the bigger issue. Uh, and now she's had to move up to 125, and then she, but she beats Jessica I in her first fight at 125. Jessica I is a recent flyweight title challenger, um, and and was I think was either number I think it was number two, uh, or maybe number one. I, I don't know. I remember if she was behind Chikagian at that point, but she was number at, the, at no lower than number two, and then Calvillo took that spot. So now you know, she is in this weird situation where. And this is kind of where I think the, the, the base of this question is expect her to eventually get a title shot someday still, despite the fact that the results haven't always been there. So um, I think really I would say people need to scale back their expectations of Calvillo. I agree she's maybe at least two fights away. Honestly, even if she did score like a crazy knockout of Lauren Murphy, I really wouldn't, wouldn't want to see her get the title, uh, title shot right away. I want to hope that someone else would, would emerge as a fresh uh, challenger um, should, should that scenario unfold. You know, that, And that'd be like six months from now, right? So... I think I think two fights away is, is the right way to write the right number. Yeah, they um and plus Dana White said defend the title. Obviously, Zhang Wei Li, they're gonna book her and Rose Namiuna soon, and Dana White wants to see Zhang Wei Li versus Valentina Shevchenko at some point. So that is the weirdest we'll is, is he the only person in the world that's really trying to sell that fight right now? Whaley versus Shevchenko when Whaley has so many competitors right now at Starweight, <laughs> I just don't get it. So many. So, so many. many it's like Starweight is like the thickest division. You know, like the most stacked division in in women's. And like you're like now you have a now you have a, a new champ 
and you just ah just go try to get two belts now. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's every that's every division. They're obsessed with super fights now. You you may we may never again. Like I was I was thinking I was gonna tweet something out like man if Figueredo just sticks with it he could easily you know run off six seven eight consecutive title fights and I'm like he's never gonna get that opportunity. He's two more title fights at most. Uh, title defense at most. They're gonna insist he try and do something one thirty five. You know, uh, and even if it doesn't materialize, it'll put the wheels in motion and and eventually he's gonna go up. So it, it's. I, I know. I think a lot of fans like me. They they miss the days when there was just a steady stream of title challenges. Not always the most exciting fights. You know, Anderson Silva, Talos Leites, Patrick Cote. Okay, whatever. Not the biggest names, but it's part of that. When we look back on these guys and we say, "Man, remember that ten fight, ten straight championship defenses for Silva, or ten straight for GSP, whatever the number is." It, it's we we don't care necessarily about every individual person that was in there. We remember the number and then we remember the biggest wins in there. And I, I, it sucks that a lot of these guys aren't allowed to build up their runs that way. I, and, I, and I think Shevchenko should. I think Shevchenko is, is is on that way where she has like signature wins, like Ioana, um, uh, Jessica Andrade could be added to that. And then and then has, you know, whatever, some, you know, some forgettable ones like Carmouche and um, things like that. Uh, she has highlights with the head kick with Jessica I. So I wish they, could, they would just let people build things up the uh, the old-fashioned way. But it's, it's, it's just not how things are done anymore. It's odd. Oh, AK, you're loving this question. No, I'll be go, uh, go read it out. Go ahead, Mike. Read that. What is next for Mike Perry, AK? Uh, I, I I've made very public my disdain for Mike Perry. Uh, I I think uh, his person. I've never liked his personality. Talented fighter, undeni- undeniable. Let me put it this way: undeniable, talented fighter, and has a real instinct for it. There's there, you know there's some people who just are just really good at something. Um, I don't know if, if uh, Mike Perry could have excelled in any other sport. Who knows? Maybe if he you know, applied himself differently, he could have been a great uh, football player. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. He has a knack for fighting. Okay, I'm, I'm never going to deny that. But the way he presents himself really irritates me. Of course, there's the, the allegations from his, uh, from his ex-wife, Danielle Nickerson, which I think should be taken very seriously, um, regardless of, of which parts of it you believe to be true. If you guys haven't missed that, there's a great uh, write-up in MMA Junkie about some of the allegations against him. Um, and, and again, they based on his behavior, let's not forget some of the other run-ins he had with the law. It's it's believable. Okay, so so I, I don't I do not like Mike Perry. I, I don't want to kick someone when they're down. He fought really well tonight, uh, and he lost. He lost a I think a pretty clear decision to Tim Means. So I I do think he should be cut, and I don't say that at all. So again, I've I've explained I do have a bias. I don't, I don't like the guy, but I also think. <laughs> Most people don't sort out their lives uh, in the public eye. They, they need to be taken away from this situation that's, I think, causing them a lot of stress and causing them a lot of internal conflict and, and turmoil. Uh, let's not forget he missed weight by four and a half pounds, so that's part of his job. So regardless of what you think of, of his personal life, and even if you go like, oh, I don't care about that stuff, he missed weight by four and a half pounds. That's part of his job as a fighter. So if you care about him just as a fighter, he effed up, okay? that's that. There's no arguing that. And... He, I think he's, I, I just think he needs to step away from fighting. He needs to see, seek professional help. And, and I mean this, again, in a positive way. This is, I don't want to condemn him. I don't think, uh, some, I've seen some comments there. He had to reply to one where someone was essentially saying he should, like, you know, kill himself. And I think that's horrible. I, I, I wouldn't wish that upon him. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Um, but he needs to, I think, step away, get professional help, focus on his family life. He has a child on the way, you know, focus on his relationship with Latori, Latori Gonzalez, his, his uh, fiance. Um, but fighting right now, I think, is not for him. We saw the string. Check out his tweets. Check out, check out some of the tweets he said during the weight cut. Very, very distressing stuff. So what's next? I hope not another fight in the UFC. Um, but realistically, I don't see him getting cut. That was a fight of the night worthy performance. They didn't get the award. 
but it, it, it could have been up there. I do think they, they gave him another fight. Who? I don't know. I don't care. I don't even want to speculate. I would rather he not compete for a while and, and really try and, and fix his life. Well, I think the first step is if he sticks around, he's got a, his next fight has to be 185, right? Like we can't, we, we can't do this again. We can't do this again. Like, even if, even if he says like, I'm taking this seriously, like he even said it himself, like, I think, I think I need to go up to 185 and there's some yeah. fun matchups for him at 185. Sure. Like the dude is, a, the dude is a scrapper. You throw him in there with like any of these guys, they're going to sit there and throw, throw the thanks at him and, and vice versa. So, I mean, if Kevin, if Kevin Holland loses to Jack Hermanson, you could do Perry versus Holland. Sure. I'm fine with that. Holland wants it. Holland wants that fight bad. That, uh, the, the scary thing is, that's I, Perry I don't, fighting doesn't on look his like reputation. a big. That's, yeah, I yeah. Mean, that's just Perry fighting on his reputation. He doesn't deserve sure. to fight a guy like Holland, but I understand what you're saying for the, the namesake. Right. His name. Well, you're giving but, it to Kevin. You're giving it to Holland. Yeah. That's what that's the fight Holland wants. And listen, Dana White was asked about Mike Perry at the press conference. Thinks Mike Perry is a very entertaining guy. And people would watch that fight. Mike Perry draws a lot of eyeballs. People want to watch, like hear what he has to say. It's just the way yeah. that it is. And then, look, there, there's there's aspects of his personality that is a fighter that I understand are are attractive and intriguing to people. I, I totally understand it. Uh even let's let's let, let, let's just say it. The the coming out to supposedly the wrong walkout music tonight. I think they said he wasn't supposed to come out to Halo by Beyonce, and he just went with it. And, and, and again, if that was any other fighter, I would have thought that was hilarious. Uh, it's just in, in, in the wake of all these other things that I find so distasteful about him. I, I couldn't enjoy it. But again, if people did, how can I, how can I blame them? You know, I, I understand what, what it is about him that people find intriguing. He, he is a, uh, certainly a memorable personality, for better or worse. And in the fight game... That takes you a long way, especially when, again, you have as much talent as he does, which I do, I do think he is a talented fighter. So uh, really, I, I, when I criticize, I do it from a place of uh, – it sounds corny. I do, I do do it from a place of love, though. I do, I do – this is someone who I, do, I would want to see fictionalized, not just for his sake, his fiance, his, his uh, soon-to-be, his baby that he's soon to have. They created a new human – they created a new human yes. being, a new person who <laughs> be part his of this friend, world. So Mike Perry, please family. get your life together. Yeah, everyone who supported him and pushed him along. Again, I'm sure he's like a lot of fighters who probably had a hard upbringing. But guess what? You're an adult now. You're at this point where there's actually probably a lot of people who are supporting you and who are rooting for you and want to see you do well. I'd say probably more than, than wish you ill, more more people than, than me. There's probably, for every one of me who's critical, there's probably 100 people who are like, man, I love Mike Perry and I want to see him do well. So listen to those people and, and, and fix your life for them. Don't worry about people like me. Fix your life for those for the people who, who love you and support you like unconditionally because they, uh, frankly, they're not going to be there forever. And, uh, and I hope it doesn't end up hurting anyone. I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and I've experienced this myself. Like when you're in that delivery room and you see your child born, there's a switch that just immediately flips on like for you. And you're just like, oh, everything changes. So maybe that happens to him. And I hope it does. I hope it does. Fingers crossed. Fingers uh, crossed. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 
200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Moving on, Free Bobby. How would you judge Royval and Buckley's ceilings? Two really interesting fighters. Nice to see Brian Royval getting getting mentioned in this in this conversation. So, uh, AK, we'll, we'll begin with you. We, we, we started you off on the Perry one. We'll start you off with, uh, with one half of Brandon on Brandon. And of course, Joaquin Buckley with another performance of the night tonight, another vicious knockout of one Jordan, Wright. So why don't, we'll, we'll start with Brandon Royval. How would you judge Brandon Royval ceiling Two very, I mean, obviously a very interesting fighter, very unique fighter, uh, tough night for him at the office tonight. Brandon Moreno gets the win. Now he's going to fight for the belt in about three weeks' time. So where would you uh, put Roy Val's ceiling at this point? I mean, Roy Val could be a world champion. I mean, I, I don't think that's a controversial statement at all. He's already beaten uh, top 10 guys. He's beaten uh, top Tim Elliott, you know, who fought for the title before. He's beaten Kai Carr of France. Um, so, and, he, and he finishes people. So he, he is a very – I'm just looking at his ratio right now. He has uh, 11 career finishes in his – he has 12 wins, 11 finishes – eight by submission and uh, only one decision you won't find a lot of fighters at 125 pounds who don't have either way more decisions than they have finishes or kind of a more even split like five knockouts five submissions five decisions so so that's rare he there's a little bit of excitement he brings uh tonight it wasn't his night not even just because the injury i think moreno uh, you know I, I it's moreno outfought him i think he he did the damage and and uh, i believe it was actually called a tko not because of the injury um at least for, for that's what i think what mark goddard clarified after um though it's hard for me to imagine the fight continuing even if they had kind of reset his shoulder in between rounds um so roy val the ceiling is easy i think could could be a world champion this is the kind of loss he's going to learn from hopefully the, the whatever happened to the shoulder is not a persistent issue and uh yeah i don't think this is the last time you see him in a number one contenders fight and then uh, eventually competing for a world title um i would agree with you on that and brand yeah. Ravel is He's 28 years old, just became a full-time fighter after his UFC debut because he got the bonus and quit his job. He was uh, he was working like overnights at a juvenile detention center. So a guy like barely slept and he looked pretty good early on. Moreno, one thing that stuck out from my conversation with Moreno is like, listen, don't sleep on my jujitsu. I know Roy Valls is really good, but don't sleep on mine. And he looked and, and Moreno delivered in a big way. And I think one thing people love about Roy Val is he's such a risk taker the guy will take chances to to get a finish he'll, he'll absolutely do it and I think in a weird way I think tonight is going to be so beneficial for him I think this is going to be one of those things where one of the things that's kind of held Brandon Royval back is his, like the confidence that he has in himself like he's very very hard on himself and I think going through a fight like that having the opportunity he had and you know coming up short and there's kind of a way where you could say, like, listen, it was the shoulder. I was fine. Moreno was hitting me. I hung in there and gave the man a good fight, ended in an unfortunate way. I think if Brandon Rival like, takes this with, you know, takes this in stride and, and uses it to his advantage and grows from it, I think this could be a, a really good thing at the end of the day for him. 
but we'll see. He's I, definitely an exciting uh, talent. I think as Casey, long as thoughts on Royville. as long as the UFC keeps the men's flyweight division, uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a name for a while. Um, he's 29. He's just just about hitting his prime. Just now becoming a full time fighter. I mean, it's just it, it, it's so stupid to think that how we can have guys be almost the top five when the top five or ten best in the world at what they do and they still have a second job but I mean, actually fighting is their second job that's not even their primary job uh, but they so. love selling that though they love selling that can you believe he's a world title contender and also like a fry cook on the side it's one of the ma- <laughs> only in america yeah. it's, like, it's the american dream it's the american dream <laughs> and he has five kids that he has to take care of yeah. how does he do it how does he do it? The, the, the uh, fact that some of the that. some of the some that. of the best fighters in the world still have roommates. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine like, yeah. like any dude like I know. the 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 backup shortstop on the worst team in the major major league baseball? Yeah. Dude, he's making a million bucks. <laughs> it's yeah, like we're, it's just, we're not shaming anyone, by the way. If you have a roommate, if you like, or, or, or you know, whatever your living situation <laughs> is. But if theoretically, if you're in the highest level of a, a pro sport in North America. You're usually living a little more comfortably. That's yeah. all. That's all we're saying. That's so, all. Right. We're not trying to make judgment on anyone's life. So the fact that Roy Val just now is making enough money that he can just dedicate his life to the fighting part is exciting, and he's mm-hmm. awesome. He's just he's he's super duper. And um, yeah. tonight, even though he had a loss, just just being a badass and, and like being all was like Mel oh. Gibson and Lethal Weapon, like oh uh, Riggs, just Riggs, yeah, being all Riggs, like, yeah. Pop it back in. That was just super duper. And hopefully it's not like a long-term injury or something can, can be fixed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, can, it can be fixed. Uh, it, it hope it's, hope, just hope it's not a long-term injury. But yeah, um, no, I, I, I'm super excited about Raval. I know Mike was super high on him. And he sold me on him too. And um, he's good good, good on the mic, good everywhere, just a fun dude. And um, super excited about him. Now, yeah, he'll, be, he'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, he's fine. So, he's someone fine. had to, someone had to lose that fight. He'll be yeah, fine. Someone yeah. had to lose, right? Oh, so uh, that I me mean, outside outside of the championship fights, that was the most that was the fight I was looking forward for looking forward to all week without a doubt. So I was bum- yeah. I was bummed to end it that way. I was like, ah, oh, I wanted more, I wanted more, but um, you know how it is. Yeah, I mean, if Brand- if if you if someone told me like if they were giving their twenty twenty one predictions and you said my prediction is Brand Royval fights for the flyweight title in twenty twenty one. Wouldn't sure. argue with you. Yeah, sure. Wouldn't oh, yeah. argue with you. It's very possible. But what about Buckley? Buckley? What about Joaquin Buckley, who Impa Kasaganai knockout, he'll never top that. If he does, then oh my God, we're in for some something very special. But this was uh this was some knockout too. This is vicious against uh Jordan Wright, handed him his first loss. And I know a lot of people kind of question the resume of Jordan Wright heading in, but Wright had his moments. He looked pretty good at times. He was landing shots too. But Buckley, man, that just that dude just throws fire every single time, gets another win. So uh, honestly, I, I think if we're comparing the two, I think Roy Val's ceiling is higher than Buckley's. I think Buckley's an exciting guy. And who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about that. But Casey, what, what, where would you put Joaquin Buckley's ceiling? I I never I, I don't see him breaking top ten. Uh, I see him I see him being a very good action fighter and he'll be around. Um, much like Mike Perry in the cage in the sense that Mike Perry isn't a high-ranked welterweight or whatever whatever weight he fights at now, but he's going to be a guy. He's always going to be in highlight reels. With all these UFC fight nights, all these seeming like – it, seem, it seems like he can make 85 very easily. As long as he doesn't get, take any heavy damage, he's a guy we'll see four times a year at least. What he went off for, doubtful. 
he'll win two of them and it will be hell of a hell excite hell hella exciting and um that's what i expect from him i think he's gonna be that guy who leads into pay-per-views the first fight in a pay-per-view you know the 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 first fight on a main card on a fight night you know he's just, he's easy to sell he looks the part and that's what i see from him if i'm wrong cool ak <laughs> he's he's done fine at middleweight had a had a fun fight with kevin holland of course the the two knockouts I feel like his future's at 170, though. That's just my yeah. take. What do you think? Where, where would you put his ceiling? Has to be. He looked small tonight. He looked real small. Uh, Jordan Wright, as we said, was doing a really good job using his length to kind of to kind of back Holland off. Uh, and again, Holland's just a great striker, has so much power. He, he eventually figured it out and just made it made his way in. But he has to be considering 170 because he looked undersized. He looked. He didn't look uh, uh, even with Kevin Holland. The Kevin Holland fight. You, they look like two guys in different weight classes, which is what they are. Even though Holland, I know, could also uh, could also make a compete at 170, but they, he looks smaller than Holland as well. So uh, 170 is definitely his future. Uh, I, I agree with Casey. I think his his ceiling as far as star power goes is pretty high um and, and as far as someone who could piece together a nice like 15 16 fight career in the ufc um someone who's a fan favorite yeah he, he could be up there someone who now again someone who competes for a title it's really hard to say i i just don't it's really hard to say based on the level of competition he's faced he's been facing other talented people but no one really proven yet um, i think kevin holland's maybe the best person he fought uh, he lost that fight though it was an exciting performance um before that he fought logan storley and Bellator, and he lost that fight as well. Long story, is also a very good fighter. So he just hasn't excelled, I think, against the best competition yet, which is why the James Krause fight is so important that he gets that. Because um, that that fight, win or lose, just the buildup to it could propel him to another level of stardom. Uh, but, I, uh, but I don't think, yeah, he ever gets higher than, like, number eight number nine number ten um and that would be almost like with the, a uriah hollish situation where like he knocks out someone not expected not like you know when uriah Hall beat musashi and went from like outside the top 10 to like number six or seven or something overnight um i could see buckley getting a knockout like that and and entering the top 10 that way but as far as putting together like a solid like five six seven fight win streak that gets him up ranked and and, and near Telshot that way i just don't know if his style is conducive for that so you know hey uh, new mansa prove us wrong but uh, yeah, his ceiling as a competitor, I think, is is somewhat limited. I'm, I'm trying to imagine Israel Adesanya versus Joaquin Buckley. I just uh, oh. I don't see it yet. So no. <laughs> but uh. yeah, and and, and mo- some people forget or, or don't really know, but Buckley spent almost his entire career at 170 pounds. Mm-hmm. So like him going to 170, this isn't like a new drop for him. That's where he's pretty much always fought. So, like, a lot of people are like, well, James Krause can go up to 185. Buckley's like, nah, dude, I'll go to 170 and fight that guy, and vice versa. So, I think that is the fight to make 100%. Like, you have to make that fight. And and by the way, let me just say this. You can thank MMA fighting for that fight happening, okay? <laughs> yeah. We set the table. We started it all, all right? I interviewed Joaquin Buckley. I said, what do you want next? He talked about James Krause. He said there was a DM, Okay. Jose Youngs took that ball and ran with it at that post-fight press conference after he beat Claudio Silva and Kraus cut that promo and then everything just took off. So you're welcome world. If that fight gets booked, <laughs> which it should and get look, booked. I tried to stop the fight because I wanted Buckley and Kraus to be friends. Remember I was, I was, uh, when Mike had, uh, Mike was spoke to Kraus on, on what the heck I, I, I sent him questions before I said, I said, Mike, are we sure there's not a misunderstanding? Maybe some accidental fake Buckley account that, that sent messages to Kraus and angered him. So we dug deep 
I tried to stop this. We covered all angles. You of this, okay. I tried to stop the fight. This is how we know it's real. This is how we know this is a real, real feud because we we really dug. This was not manufactured. This was real. Um, but yeah, the interest is definitely there. And like you said, MMA fighting was on top of it. Our editor told us after that speech, uh, after after uh, Buckley kind of did that cryptic post-fight speech, like, I'm, going, I'm calling this guy. I really want him. I'm not saying who it is. And then Rogan said, we know you're talking about James Krause. Apparently, a lot of people hit the Google machine and Googled, you know, Joaquin Buckley, James Cross, see what was up. And sure enough, uh, our coverage is what came up first. And apparently, there's a lot of a lot of traffic coming back in on some of those uh, some of those older interviews. So, yes, you're welcome, world. <laughs> Thank you, Joaquin. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Joaquin. Thank for, you uh, James for Cross. giving us <laughs> give, giving us a little push. <laughs> so, but yes, two exciting guys. I'm going to try something because we're at the 55 minute mark right now, and we okay. have lots of questions, but. We can't, we got to fly through them. So what I'm going to do is actually bring up the old BTL clock. We have a one minute, one minute timer. So we fly through these questions. Here we go. Did Daniel Rodriguez get robbed, AK? No, 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 no. If you listen to the commentary, yeah, he got robbed. Uh, but uh, no, it was, it it was a competitive fight. I think someone brought up the uh, strike, the, like the, unofficial striking numbers after as evidence that uh that rodriguez may have had you know had reason to be feeling like he, he got one taken away from him but uh, i'll have to see the official stats um i'm gonna check, check that right now so you can take you can you can end my time now okay short i'm gonna check the stats <laughs> mma, while, uh, MMA decisions time. had this split 50 50 by the media sure had the media no had a book Dalby. yeah not a robbery not a robbery i think we're good on this not one robbery. i thought rodriguez <laughs> won but not definitely not a robbery. Yeah, yeah. Good on Dalby. That was a good win. That's a real good win for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rodriguez, by the way, 83 significant strikes to 50 for Dalby, and he statistically outstruck him with significant strikes every round. But I think watching that fight, it's one of those ones where some of those significant strikes, yeah, they're not all equal. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, I agree. Right. No robbery. I can't move my clock. Oh, wait, That's clock, okay. Uh, clock stuck there or whatever. <laughs> Is Chaos Williams, Michelle Perheta, the best book fight of 2020? <laughs> if not, who? I, man, it's hard to it's hard to not put Brandon on Brandon up there just because AK That's puts really, so much love yes. into that. Oh, Brandon on Brandon. <laughs> uh, we lost Neil on Neil. That would have been up there. But uh, Chaos <laughs> Williams versus versus the human embodiment of chaos, Michelle Pereira, is just, it rolls right off the tongue. It's such a beautiful matchup. And one that we had, I think we had definitely brought up and some of the readers had brought up on our episode uh, on to the next one. So fantastic. The only thing that beat it, and this is how it magically gets booked for the end of the year, is if we get uh, Bryce Mitchell and Ryan Hall. That would be the best uh, booked fight of 2020. We should also give a shout out to uh, uh, Zombie and uh, Ortega. I guess it doesn't feel like a 2020 fight because it was booked previously. Um, I, I guess it was booked for December of last year, technically, and, and ended up happening this year. But I mean, I think Ortega Zombie would have to get there. But yeah, uh, Williams Perra, I'll, I'll bite on that. Yeah, amazing booking. It's a great fight. Great fight. Mm. Casey, we can go a little overtime. No, no, no. No, we, we can, no. I, no. Why do we have a clock, Mike? Why do we have a clock? Yes, we have rules. Yes. Okay, you guys right. know I love rules. By the way, I love rules. The answer is the answer is Shemaya versus Leon Edwards, by the way. That's that's the <laughs> oh, correct answer. Really? Yeah. Yep. It's so brilliant. It's just so brilliant. Uh, it did solve a lot of problems. AK thoughts on Jeff Neal versus Wonderboy and Font versus Barais. Two big jumps up in competition for guys, and especially for Neal, could be a big break. What's AKA thoughts? AK? And, and, oh, I think also. Oh, is that, oh, is yeah, that yeah, me? Not, yeah, not you. Just, just oh, answer, okay. answer the question. <laughs> also yeah. known as thoughts <laughs> on Jeff Neal. 
versus Wonder Boy and Font versus Moraes. Uh, they're great. Like I said, I'm, I'm sad we missed out on Neil on Neil. I'm a little surprised that, that this is the fight because wasn't Wonder Boy being picky about some of his matchups? He wanted Leon Edwards. Yeah. That's the I'm fight he wanted. He would... Yeah. And, and it was always oh, Leon who didn't want to fight him. Yeah, Leon didn't seem all that interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Jeff Neal matchup's a good one. Definitely more for Neal than Wonder Boy, but look, Wonder Boy's got to fight someone eventually, and, and he might not get anyone in the top 10. So uh, you got a guy, you, instead he has to fight a guy who's probably going to try and take his spot, but I like it. Um, uh, Font and Moraes, a uh, great opportunity for Rob Font, and I think he is deserving of a, of a big leap up in, in competition like that. So yeah, I love it. All right. Yep, me too. Love both of them. Thank you, Brick Squad. That's a badass name right there. <laughs> uh, oh, um, I saw it earlier. I, I flew by it, but are we gonna start calling? What's 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 Figueredo's his official nickname? God oh, of I War. His nickname. Huh? Deus Tagera. God of War, right? Deus Tagera. Yeah. Yeah. I think. But I think we're gonna like his like secondary nickname will be Figgy Smalls, right? Figgy Smalls is very good. I'm 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 into that. I'm into you know me. I'm a resistor against. I've I've never been a fan of Bobby Knuckles, a fan that which is one of the fan made nicknames. Uh, I think Michael Chiesa is on social media yeah. right now saying saying he created Figgy Smalls, and I'm into it. I'm into it. Okay, good. I like it. But uh, but wasn't it uh, he? Wasn't it his opponent who came out to to Biggie? Tonight? Didn't Perez? Yeah, come I think out Perez did come out to Biggie. Yeah. So that's a little confusing. A little, the branding's a little confusing. But I like Figgy I like Smalls. It. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of at the point where, like, I finally can spell Figueiredo's name, like, when I <laughs> write up articles without having to look it up. <laughs> so I'm like, I finally got it. When I made the gra- the little graphic you see on the screen at the top, I must have looked at I must have looked at that like 40 times. And I still I'm still convinced it's misspelled. I'm still convinced. Like, 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 here's, a, here's a here's good. a tip for all here's a tip for all you writers out there. Uh, so Figueiredo, for one thing, uh, in both his well, it's, it's, okay, there's two things that will help you. One, uh, the I always goes after the first E in both of his names, his first and last name, okay? And figure the Figueredo part, it's easy to remember if you divide it into figu, if you say figu irido, figu irido, and then it's that's not how it's pronounced, but if you want to spell it, this is, what, what time is it right now? This is a le- spelling lesson at almost four in the morning, East Coast time. <laughs> that, that's, figu, what the, that's, that's what the people are asking for right that's now. The people, that's what people want. Figure I read So uh, the first part in the, in the lighting there's, there's round. Really, yeah, there's not really an easy way to remember that. But the second part, which I, think I know a lot of people have trouble with, as do I, that there's your trick. Figure I read What do you think about an all women's MMA card? First Saturday in March kicks off with International Women's Week. Yunez versus Anderson, Shevchenko versus Andraj, Zhang versus Nama Yunus. Interesting idea. <laughs> You don't, but you don't even need to have the trio of title fights. I, that's probably what the UFC would want to do, definitely. But I've never been a fan of three, uh, three championships fights on one card. I, I think the only time it turned out well was was that two. What was the GSP um, two seventeen? The clock is moving. AK, come on, help, help me, help me. Break out your inner Jose Youngs. It was two seventeen, right? That was that was. Uh, I should remember this. this is one of my freaking two hundred five. Two hundred five uh, and three title fights. Was it MSG McGregor? card? What were the two? that's not the Woodley focus Wonder of the Boy question and Joanna Kovalkiewicz oh uh, yes yes and 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 uh those fights were not super great uh McGregor Alvarez obviously was super exciting but Woodley Wonder Woodley Wonder Boy was okay I remember one fight of the night you got fight of the night you got fight of the night it's like a fight of the year 
It wasn't a fight. It was, it, answer it, it the question. The answer the question, man. We're talking about uh, women's yeah, MMA. Yeah. You're talking about uh, Diane Woodley right now. Oh, my God. We only have 10 seconds. Uh, you know, I love the idea of an all-women's card. It's a shame it hasn't happened yet, though there is a whole promotion called Invicta FC that you can watch on UFC Fight Pass and get all-women's cards all the time, guys. Uh, but I love it. I don't think it needs three title fights, but definitely uh, two. Yeah, you probably need at least two. Dude, the last Invicta card was freaking awesome. The one that was on Friday night, that was a good card. And oh, my goodness. What, 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 was the, what was the young lady's name? The Hurricane? I, I told you about my Chase. <laughs> Chase? Hooper, oh, Hooper, Chase. Hooper, Chase. Chase is mental. Good and lord! I mean, yeah, I, 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 that might not be a politically correct thing to say. She is mental in the best. She, uh, there's a little bit of Clay Guida in there, uh, but maybe more psycho. Oh, <laughs> more intense! I was sold. I was like, yes, yeah. Signed this uh, lady. Steph, Stephanie Geltmacher fought in that card too. She had a big yeah, knockout, big right? knockout. It was she it, is so it was good. Like, it was like Invicta. Invicta kind of had that Bellator thing where they kind of had some bad luck. Good card. Good good cards on paper. Just didn't turn out. Yeah. It and this it. was nice card on paper. Kayla Harrison obviously did her thing. That was a oh my god, in <laughs> her opponent's blood. Beating. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, something. You know, I always say, oh no, that was a girl stoppage. You know, that was a girl stoppage. That was not a girl stoppage, man. <laughs> no. That was like, that was like, I don't like that woman. But she must like. <laughs> that was yeah, so. It wouldn't have been a girl. It wouldn't have been a girl stoppage if they stopped in the first round like no, they should have. They should have. That was yeah. a beating. Mm, too long. That was a. Uh, Ken Harrison yeah, looked watch, great. Oh. Watching people. You Ken Harrison with cards. elbows on the ground. Awesome. We looked great at 45. Looked <sighs> awesome at 45. Watching Victor. Watching Victor. UFC fight pass. Uh, let's do a couple more questions before we can, so we can go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can start prepping for on to the next one. Oh yeah. Jessica's. Um. Okay. Real quick. Talk about tonight's card. Do you like Jessica's chances against Valentina better now? Hmm. I, I never thought she didn't have a good chance. I mean, I would certainly pick Valentina, but let, it's one of those fights where I think I, I would be shocked that the odds were that much higher than maybe minus 200 for Valentina. I would I would be surprised. I thought the odds for Maya were completely insane. Um, it got as high as, the, what did they say? Missed, uh, minus 1,000 favorite? Minus yeah. twenty five hundred, it got you on one side. I kept hearing people say it was essentially the big, most lopsided betting title fight yeah. in UFC history. I mean, I'm not sure that's true, but it felt like that. So, oh, and, um, and uh, I mean, it felt like that was really what people were talking about. Yeah, uh, thank you, Joshua Carey. To really address the question, I didn't see anything. I didn't see any like weaknesses in Shevchenko's game tonight. It's not like I saw anything. Just because Maya was competitive, it didn't make me think like, oh, Shevchenko's not as good. No, Shevchenko. If anything, this is one of those fights where you love to see them fight through a little bit of early adversity and show why they're champion. Any champion can, you know, can dominate against the weaker competition and, and can be a front runner. It's when you have those rounds where like, damn, like, you know, you clearly lost that round, you know, round two, and then you come back and do the opposite. You clearly win the last three. That's what champions are made of. Not always exciting finishes, not always 50, 45, 50, 44 is all the time. So uh, I always liked Andrade's chances. So I'll say, I don't like them any more now than I did before. I love the fight. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. I know, I know, it's supposed to be this whole one minute thing, but I love how Valentina is on that Habib level in the sense that if she gets hit one time, you you go, oh, you God. know, what? I think she lost that round. You know, it's like <laughs> like like she got held down by Maya for one round, and like it, it reminded me of when Michael Johnson dare how dare he he punched Habib <laughs> once, and then if you listen to the commentary, Rogan's like. Habib's hurt. Habib's hurt. He he's really oh. hurt. And this is like wow, like Johnson's getting like just grounded, you know, just pounded. But it's interesting how Valentina is on that level right now in a sense that not popularity wise, but 
as far as like what we expect from her. She gets touched once. You're like, I don't know. I think she's lost it. I don't know. I think I don't. I think she's Just, overlooking yeah. her opponent. Yeah. Uh, hit that live betting. And I, I gotta get the live betting. Yeah, live betting. <laughs> if Andrade and if Andrade touches you, if if Andrade is landing those punches. That's what makes things interesting about that fight. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would favor Valentina. I'd feel very confident in picking Valentina in that fight because she's just such an intelligent striker and she would use her range very, very well. And we've seen Ioanni and Jacek. We've seen Rose Namajunas use their range very well against Andrade and uh, and look really good. Of course, Andrade had the slam from hell against Namajunas in the first fight, but we saw it happen <laughs> in the second fight. But Andrade is always dangerous. So there is some intrigue there for sure, but... I, I same chances are at least in my mind the same as they were coming into tonight. Yeah. Uh, why are, why are the, here's my question: Why are the viewership numbers going up? What is going on, people? I think, I think, I think people are waking up. People are waking yeah, up in different parts. Of- <laughs> <laughs> like we have people in other times. I was watching. Bless you, people. So bless you all just joining us, and bless you guys who have stuck with us throughout the night. You guys are you guys are the best. I can't. I can't. I know I'm, I'm a broken record to say this every show, but people, anyone who tunes into these post fight shows live. Uh, and anyone who watches later as well, of course, uh, you guys are the best. <laughs> um, yes. Just because he's a longtime commenter, I just want to throw Al Mac on the screen. Stop calling close fights a robbery. Yes. Amen, Al Mac. Absolutely. Amen. That is the theme of my robbery review features, which can be seen regularly on MMA fighting, though not my last one, which I think I screwed up, the GSP Hendricks fight. Uh, if you guys haven't read that one, read it and tell me what an idiot I am. <laughs> Yes, and I that yes, amen to that too, Al Mac. Four oh two. You know what? Yeah. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do right now? I was gonna say that's a good question to end on. Dude, it's four. You could just put a quick thank you. Yes, play us off. Oh, they're playing us off the stage. Uh sorry, we would love we would love to answer more questions, but they are playing us off. I apologize. I it's this is the overtime music. That means yeah. we're going an extra hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh. So no, I'm just kidding. That's it. We, listen, we've been talking about this for a while. That. The, the press conference stream, you know what I mean. It took forever. <laughs> it's a long night. But we appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, any final thoughts, AK, before we say goodbye? No. Uh, it is 4 a.m., I'll agree. Th- to acknowledge that last question, yeah. Yeah, it's 4 a.m. on the East Coast. Even even on the even on the West Coast, it's 1 a.m. on a Saturday. I, you should have to be either, well, I was just saying out partying, though. I guess we can't do that these times. But you should either be chilling and watching a movie or... Or I guess you're staying up with us, and I can't complain. So. I'm, I'm, or uh, I'm under curfew. I can't leave this house. I'm under. This curfew. is true. There's really not much else to do than hang out with us. It's, so a, it's, a, again, it's yeah. a tyranny out there. It's a dictatorship, guys. So I'm stuck here. Uh, guys. Next week, what's going on next? What's next week's card, Frank? Curtis, uh, Kurt, Blades versus Lewis. Shoof. In the what tiny cage. The, in the small cage. What, what else is on the main card? Well, we're, we're, we have plenty of oh, time God. to talk about that. We have plenty of time. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. We'll we'll we have between the links. You hear all the between the links. Yes. So, so there's only four cards left for 2020 for the UFC. We've just gone on this incredible run. Before fight cards left, and it all ends December 19th. That fight card is bananas. Are there any more? We'll talk more cards? about that. Is it, is it, yep. One, one December more, 10th. One more December. December 10th. Yeah. Who's that? That is Alimale McFarlane oh, versus Julian Velasquez. Yes. The other, the other, late, the other flyweight, flyweight December. Well, it's not December yet. Whatever, you know what I mean. <laughs> Juliana Velasquez <laughs> finally got the title shot. For the love of God, she deserves title shot for two years rule. now. Flyweights rule. We know this. This is not a secret, and we definitely saw a lot of great flyweight action tonight. We did. That's right. We sure did. All right, we are out of here for Casey Lydon, AK Lee. I am Mike Heck. Normally, I would say good night, everybody, but good morning, everybody. Good morning.
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial Losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.